Welcome to MJ Loves Toku, episode 68. I am talking about Kamen Rider 01, episode 43, which is uh, entitled something like, Such is a Heart. And, let me see. Uh, my personal title for it is You Are the Key, but I will get into that. Kamen Rider 01, episode 43, aired on August 16th, 2020. It was written by head writer of the show, Yuya Takahashi. Let me try that again. Yuya Takahashi. And it was directed by Ryuta Tasaki. So, I think this is the penultimate episode of Zero One, but I don't know that for sure. Uh, regardless, that doesn't really change how I feel about it, except for the fact that uh, I guess I'm just a little more pleased with just how darn good it is. So, I think that I'm going to say uh, X8 was one of my favorite shows uh, out of the. I've seen everything from Double On. And I've seen all of Black. I think that's it. Double on Black Dragon Knight. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. So still, Double on, that's 10 years of Kamen Rider. Plus, if you want to count, uh, I guess... Uh, yeah, oh, but I did skip out on uh, on uh, Zio. Because, yeah, I did not vibe with that show. So I, I said goodbye as soon as I could. Anyway... So I was really interested in this episode and I think I actually listened back to my review before I started recording my review of the previous episode, episode 42, because uh, I feel like this very much builds on top of it. And uh, some of y'all may not know, but I think the last like two or three episodes of O's, there is a special cut of them where they're meant to be watched like as one single long episode or movie or whatever. And I kind of get the sense that you could probably do the same thing here. Uh, and I just think it's really interesting what's going on. Oh, okay. I guess I won't go. Uh, I get a really, I get the sense that something similar is going on here with this. And so I might be short in what I have to say because I feel like a lot of it's just building on top of what I said in the last, uh, analysis, but, uh, who knows? I may have a lot more good juicy stuff to add on. So I have kind of a wild theory as to what exactly may be going on. The fact is that Aruto never became corrupted by uh, Ark. He's acting on his own. His heart is full of malice. And he is legitimately full of hate for Hirobi. Now, I'll loop back to that at the end. I'm going to go semi-chronological. To expand on what I had said in the last analysis, Izu was like a sister to Aruto. He had to watch his father die. And then he uh, is driven or possessed, so to speak, but not really, right? By his anger and his hatred. And it causes him to inflict the kind of pain on him that he never wanted to endure. He's walking this lonely road, consumed by his anger and his hatred and malice. And in that, he becomes the very thing he swore to destroy, like I said last time. And we get a reversal where instead of a Humagir father saving his son, we have a Humagir son saving his father. And Aruto had been marked by the trauma that happened to him, but he was always optimistic, always hopeful, always believed in pursuing his dream. He even 
though he was a person of sorrows, went into a career where he would make people laugh and smile. He would bring them joy, even though he was coming from this place of profound pain and suffering and heartache. But it seemed as if he refused to give into that and he actively worked against that. But he was kind of, when we met him in the beginning of the show, again referring to the fool's journey and uh, character arcs and whatnot, he was in a place where he was floundering. He was a failed, ma um, not magician. He's, I believe he fulfills the magician archetype or he's, he's there when we meet him. Anyway, that may, not, that may or may not be true. But regardless, he's a failed comedian. He's not really making people laugh. His sense of humor is hyper particular and funny to a few people like Fua and his family. <laughs> and uh, not that we find that out till much later in the show, but regardless, um, that's where he is. Then he's thrust into this uh, other position. Well, I, I won't belabor it too much because I've already said that recently. Um, but he rises or, or transforms, he goes from this position of just being someone who's happy and who is untested uh, to some extent to somebody who's constantly tested, who is growing in his happiness, who is probably or possibly feeling more fulfilled than he has in a long time because while he isn't actively making people laugh as a comedian or bringing them joy in that way in a, a positive generative matter, he's using his martial strength that he's gained through uh, the use of the Zero One Driver to protect and defend people and to bring them into relief and joy and happiness from their life, uh, from their lives being on the edge of death, on the edge of destruction. He pulls them back from that by protecting them from Magir. Along the way, he uh, has a modicum of success. He is able to, uh, he has to destroy Magir at first, remember this. He has to destroy Magir at first, making those people, those Humagir completely lost. Then we get to a point where the Humagir are being backed up on a regular enough basis that even if he has to destroy them, which is sad for him, they are backed up and they can come back and uh, be preserved. Then, with Metal Cluster Hopper, he gains the ability to uh, neutralize the programming of Metsubojinrai.net and remove that malice from them. But then, well, I, I technically think this is actually past that. Uh, like, that doesn't work on, I think, Hirobi, who we try, I believe he tries on Hirobi and it doesn't work on him. It could have been Jin, but I think it was Hirobi. It would thematically make more sense with what's going on now. Um, but, like, he gains all this success. Along the way, Izu is, this, is um, learning his sense of humor. She's developing a wit of her own, which is similar to his. And... Uh, he is able to take all this joy in that. So he's kind of at the top of his game, uh, at the best place in his life. And then, you know, Thouser comes along and challenges him. And he, again, proves that Humagear can be more than what, you know, people thought they were and more than the constraints that people put on them. And he uh, seeks to push himself, um, push himself and push his company and everything to this next level and transform what it's about and what it's representing. He uses Heden uh, manufacturing, even when he loses Heden intelligence for a greater purpose. And uh, all of this stuff is fulfilling. Again, he has everything and then everything's stripped away from him. And in that heartache and uh, in all that pain, he even retains who he is, but he lets himself become filled with all this fear and anger and hatred and all these things. And then he uh, 
does what the arc would do or worse. Uh, and that's very interesting. Although, I mean, it is interesting to note, and I had asked why before, he was not killing Hirobi and the others. He was letting them stay alive. Which is interesting. I guess that's a, a measure of the fact that Aruto is in control of himself still. Which, of course, is a good thing. Uh, but there are instances where he seems to struggle against the power and the malice inside of uh, the arc driver. Or, you know, the, maybe the key is what holds it. Um, but anyway, it's just interesting to me, interesting to, me to, to draw out that uh, analysis or that look at... Aruto, that full, like, multifaceted look at him. And then let's look at Hirobi. Hirobi started off as a father-type Humagear, and he dies, or Jin dies, and reminds him, awakens him, and his father's heart, and he cries for the death of his son. After he had said he didn't care about Humagear so much anymore, as long as he could destroy the humans, after he had murdered Izu in cold blood to prove that he was heartless, the death of his son, the sacrificial death of his son who gave up his life so that his father could live and reach something greater, reach a greater state of being, uh, that, like I said, awakened the heart within him, caused him to cry much as Izu had cried just before she died. And uh, she was talking all about her heart. He had been denying his heart. I think the fact that he shed tears, uh, the presence of the growth of the full-fledged flourishing existence of his heart is undeniable to him now and he has become as man so to speak and that really puts uh, I, I think that really sets things up for being in an interesting place this feels a little bit to me uh, not to spoil things and I won't spoil things like where uh, the story that Takahashi wrote went with X-Aid especially in the uh, X-Aid what were they called? X-Aid Ever After. The trilogy of movies set after uh, X-Aid proper. Uh, I won't say anything more about them, but this is going in similar directions to that, and uh, I thought those were very effective, and, and I feel like this he's just, Takahashi's like expounding upon this thesis of what it means to be a person and what it means to be a maladapted person and how that kind of broken person can find healing and redemption and... I don't know what else. <laughs> but I don't really expect to see Hirobi saved or redeemed, but it would sure be interesting if that's how far things went. Because uh, Aruto, in order to kill Hirobi, would have to say that he's willing, to me, in the confines of the show, would have to be saying that he's willing to kill a person for what they've done. And, you know, Hirobi especially, uh, you would think would have uh, a little bit of a buy or a pass because of all the things that have been done to him, how he's been victimized, manipulated, brainwashed, and warped. Um, you know, but now that he does fully have his own heart and his own uh, consciousness and conscience, and he's fully aware, uh, self-aware, you could say, of what exactly he's doing and the moral implications of it, you know, should he be held responsible for them? Yes, just as Thouser should be held responsible for what he's done and what he's doing. Uh, you know, I believe that... Um, Hirobi should be as well. Uh, we don't know exactly what's going to happen with Amatsu guy, and if his and Hirobi's fates will be similar. And if you want to, you know, bring the fatherhood and parental relationship, familiar relationship stuff that much further, uh, Ark is basically Amatsu guy's child, and Hirobi is, you know, a grandchild to him, or you know, the child of the Ark, 
and you know Jin was his child. So there's this whole lineage, um, lineage, lineage or legacy of these you know hurt, damaged uh, men doing these terrible things in order to uh, make right what had happened to them and how they had been victimized, and they did it by you know abusing others. And of course, this isn't me saying that they should be forgiven all that. I'm just saying it's interesting that uh and and here i'm getting to my central point especially because i'm you know basically out of time to talk uh you are the key you are the key to everything that happens in your life things can happen to you you can be victimized in so many different ways but i believe ultimately the choice that you make the choices that you make the choice that you make in the moment to hurt attack kill um you know do damage to somebody out of vengeance and hatred uh to get back at them like that kind of defines who you are. But beyond that, and you know, a more hopeful message is that once you've been defined, your definition doesn't set. Uh, you have the key. Uh, you are the key to unlock your own potential, to unlock your destiny, to unlock you know, who you are as a person and the limits that you will go to, the limits that you will exceed. All those things are ultimately up to you as the individual, and you can make you can make the situation right to some extent, no matter who you are or what you've done. Uh, of course, you know I'm I'm not imagining that somebody who's you know gone around doing a bunch of murders is listening to this, but you know none of us are perfect, and all of us uh, have fallen short, and uh, we can all repent and reform and make ourselves better and I would say uh, that the message in this show is similar to what I'm saying um, I think that's what Takahashi Yuya is putting down and I'm picking it up and I'm sharing it with all of you because I think it's a beautiful important message and I'm really pleased that that seems to be where the show is going I thought the extent of the show would be that Humagir are people too even though they're from this you know, servant class, they're supposedly subservient, or they were at one time subservient to people, to humans, uh, partially because they were made by them, and they were made, I guess, a little lower than the humans, um, but now we see that the natural progression, no matter where they started from, is that they are now equal with humans, uh, both, uh, something I've reiter I've said again, or I've said before, and I will reiterate now, is that both humans and humagear can be... Uh, found in the loftiest heights of good and righteousness and they can be found in the uh, darkest deepest depths of depravity and uh, they can both be responsible for great good or great evil uh, but again the answer lies with them in what they choose to do in the moment um, regardless of how hurt they are or you know what is going on uh, they have the ability to you know, leap towards their dream and their future and whatnot, and so do you. And, uh, like I said, uh, really, you are the key to what your life holds. And I'm not saying this as no matter what happens to you, you should never be hurt. I'm saying that you are strong enough to endure that hurt and rise above uh, what someone else put on you. Actually, uh, it was interesting, my wife shared with me something earlier by uh, Booker T. Washington, and I actually want to stop the show to find that real quick, because it's, uh, it's that important, and I think I'm going to close with that.
because I think that it very much falls in line with this. Booker T. Washington, uh, I think he was a former slave, but I actually don't know the history. I, I was going to speak ignorantly on that. I, I shouldn't do that. Woo! Okay. So I'm going to break in here and kind of ruin what I'm doing. because uh, So Booker T. Washington was a former slave. Uh, these are quotes ascribed to him. I don't know if they're true or not, but these are great. Success is to be measured not so much by the position that one has reached in life as by the obstacles which he has overcome. Then another one. Uh, let's see. A lie doesn't become truth, wrong doesn't become right, and evil doesn't become good just because it's accepted by a majority. Could it be that this former slave was talking about the fact that it was the opinion of the majority that uh, blacks were inferior and they deserved to be held as slaves. Uh, I think that's uh, pretty fantastic. I think that's pretty profound. Something that I think falls in line with the spirit of Common Rider is if you want to lift yourself up, lift up someone else. Wow, that is profound. Here's the quote I was looking for I will permit no man to narrow and degrade my soul by making me hate him. I referenced X8 earlier. Uh, part of the end game of X8 or the after end game of X8 reminded me of Kiva. In the very end of Kiva, there's a, a question of power and what it means to be powerful and what it means to be strong. And Watru is faced with that question and he believes that he's been weak and that he needs to be strong by being murderous or being able to kill uh, viciously. And I wonder if that's where this show is going to, because letting malice overtake you and letting anger and hatred be stirred in you by somebody else is the plan of the Ark. The Ark plans to cause endless enmity to exist between the Humagir and the humans so that all sentient life, I think, will be destroyed. I don't know if it's a Master Asia thing where it's, uh, you know, doing an eco-terrorist uh, two-step where it wants um, the Earth to be able to reclaim itself and regenerate while humanity and other sentients are dead or what, but it wants to foment conflict and destruction. That's its final conclusion. Kind of sounds to me like the final solution, but I don't know. Uh, I, I could be reaching there, but anyway, I really like that, and I, I kind of think you can apply this quote to Aruto. Not that and he would have articulated it this way or whatever, but to me it feels very much in the spirit of what's going on in this this episode, the last episode maybe, and maybe even the final episode, if indeed I think 45 is the last episode. So here we go. I will permit no man to narrow and degrade my soul by making me hate him. Once again, you are the key. You are the key to letting the stimulus put upon you, given to you, directed towards you by another person turn into you hating that person. I'm not saying you can never become angry and you need to be emotionless like a robot, <laughs> uh, but it's important to be able to take that stimulus in and not react to it and not let it control you. You should like react to it in the appropriate manner, but you should not react to it in the inappropriate manner, I guess is what I'm saying. I don't know. I think that's where this is going, but uh, I've gone on far enough or long enough, so I will let you go. If you enjoyed this, like, comment, and share to help me grow. Don't forget to subscribe to keep current with each release. Chat with me on Twitter at MJ underscore scribe. Visit MJMunoz.com slash podcast to find the multiple feeds in which I analyze Star Wars, Tokusatsu, comics, and more. 
Visit mjmunoz.com support for links to my Redbubble and coffee pages so you can help keep me doing the things I do. Thank you so much for your time and attention. Until next time, be well. And remember, you don't have to shout henshin to be a hero.